everybody. Welcome to another great episode of Chai Spirits, guys. Today, we are talking once again about Buffalo Trace. This is our Buffalo Trace 201 episode. It's the intermediate class, guys. Get excited. I'm joined by my expert panel. I have producer Jenny, of course. Hello. I've got John. Hey, everybody. And then I've got our whiskey expert, Kuba. Hello again. Thanks for having me back. Uh, so good to have you here, buddy. And of course, in the uh, in the audience, we have our dear friend Allie and our show mascot Cruz. Woo! And also, woof woof. <laughs> uh, Cruz has gotten a lot of uh, a lot of good reviews on the Instagram, so thanks everybody for that. Uh, he loves you too. He wanted, <laughs> he, me to, he wanted me to tell you that. He definitely does. He's he's the best. <laughs> Such a good boy. Anyway, so we're talking about Buffalo Trace, which we've, we've done before, but we're going to get a little deeper into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a reminder, it was established in 1775. It's a long time ago. Well, now, it wasn't called Buffalo Trace back then. This is the legacy, right? This correct, is, correct. Yeah, it was important. No, it was called uh, Thomas Jefferson Side Project. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not an official title. Um, the oldest continuously operating distillery in America. Which makes sense if it sounds about right. Seventeen seventy-five before America, so yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, a tribute to tradition and thoughtful experimentation. Uh, they have two main ba- mash bills that we're going to talk about today, and we talked about a little bit last episode we did on these guys. Mash bill number one, which is a low rye, and mash bill number two, which is a high rye. Uh, we got a little bit better parity this episode than we did the previous one. I feel like we had a lot of mash bill one last time. We're going to get a pretty even split. Today. I feel like those are, I don't know of anything that's Mashville 2 that's entry level, really. That's 101. Yeah, so that, 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 that's a fair point. I don't know. Like, I guess it kind of depends on your perspective on that. But price, yeah. Mostly price and availability. Yeah, yeah, yeah but that's, that's probably true. Um, I wanted to start out um, right off the bat with regular Buffalo Trace as a uh, refresher. Yeah, it's kind of a baseline intro for, for what we're doing. Um, so let's start with that. Also, did we try just regular last time or was it a pick? I can't remember. I think last time it might have been a pick. So I time, think you're right. This time is a regular bottle of Buffalo Trace that mm. I procured. Hard to of, get these days. One of our local liquor stores. It's pretty popular. Right, let's let's dig into this regular buff, regular old Buffalo Trace. And this is what everything else is built off of. Sounds a little like spaghetti. I know that sounds really weird, but it's got like a tomato kind of, like a tomato paste kind of smell to it. So like a red... Fruit? I want to say vegetable, but it's fruit. No, tomatoes are fruit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone's very excited about tomatoes being a fruit. Yeah. Be strong, guys. It's less so now, but like my first sniff. I, was, I, was, I feel like I got some baking spice on there. Yeah, for me, this is just kind of like classic caramel, vanilla. Uh, I get a bit of ethanol on it. Um, on the nose? Yeah. On mm-hmm. the palate? Yeah, I get just on the nose. I get the anise a little on the palate. On the palate, definitely, yeah. It's muted, um, almost like tea. Earl Grey, hot. Mm. I can only make that joke so many times in black, this podcast. Black tea, really. Like cold, I can, I can see that. Cold, cold black tea. Yeah. I do like that, actually. That's yeah. good. Oh, Cruz disapproves of the, uh, <laughs> this particular pour. Cruz disapproves. Duly noted. Thank you, Cruz. <laughs> Who was making a note? Cruz disapproves. <laughs> This bottle does not fuck. It snores. <laughs> this bottle snores. Now, I've always liked Buffalo Trace for cocktailing because it doesn't have a really strong note one way or the other. I think it's a good base for things that you're... You want, I agree. You want to accentuate the other ingredients in a, bur- in a bourbon cocktail, but not like... But it's still like a quality bourbon. It's not yeah. going to ruin the drink. This, for me, I've always considered like a middle shelf... Sipping whiskey. Totally. Um, it's it's yeah. it's. I think for sipping purposes, this is kind of it's like the lower end of sipping. But yep. if you're but, camping, you could sip it. Yeah, but, well, yeah. No, like you, I think you can sip. There's this a purpose whenever, for but, it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it's it's not so expensive. You're you know afraid to cocktail with it or anything. But mm-hmm. you know, if you got it, you'll sip on it. Put some ice. I feel like, yeah, like I wouldn't throw an old fashioned with this out of bed or a Manhattan. Mm-hmm. May work. I say this feels like something you sip out of a flask. Yep. Rather than a glass. That wow, is yeah. that is a yeah. actually great piece of commentary. Flask flask sipper for sure. Mm-hmm. And from for, radio on you sneak this into the concert. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like a festival. You got it, yeah. And we are we are lucky in Chicago to where we have somewhat regular access to this. I know other parts of the countries don't, but for oh, listeners who, who might not oh, both actually. Pitchfork, yeah. yeah. 
but for listeners who might not have immediate access to regular Buffalo Trace, I think everyone on this panel would agree that like it's not something to spend a hundred dollars on and go no. wait in line and head over heels. Like it's a nice whiskey, but it it's due for I mean, a flask. I mean, yeah. think about like Wild Turkey One Hundred One, yep. Old Forester One Hundred Proof. Like these are all Jimmy like, Black Label, maybe right. like something, yep. and it, it fits in that range. Yeah. Buy yeah. those when they're available if yep. you can't find them. And John and I, as everyone knows, really ride for the Old Forester 100 Proof. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's classic. Great juice. No, this is, you know, <laughs> this is a good, it's a great baseline for what we're doing today. Yep. Yeah. More business juice, please. <laughs> I always love that joke. 30 Rock fans out there, holla. So, just on, on the note of setting a baseline, like for a lot of distilleries kind of flagship main operating products i can usually get some sort of note like old forester typically banana same with jack daniels because it's all all brown foreman um wild turkey is is having a heavy on the kind of baking spice four roses for me is like marzipan and fruit mm-hmm. is there what would we use to describe the kind of baseline buffalo trace identity mm, i actually kind of got some uh tropical fruit on it a little bit mm. Um, I'm looking at the old flavor wheel here and see what none of it is like super screaming at you though is the thing like it's not like I agree like a lot of the other brands that you're talking about it's a little bit more forward on the flavors that you're talking about and I don't feel like there is a super forward flavor here like there's a few like subtle notes but I don't I I get some of that candy sweetness and I get a little bit I think of tropical fruit it could be I'd be convinced another fruit but like there's a little tropical fruit some candy sweetness um, it's kind of tough to nail it down exactly, but it's, I think it's there. What do you think, John? You know, that tea, um, flavor that I picked up on mm-hmm. kind of, I guess a little bit probably is, uh, I could see consistent that from what, what I remember it tasting like. I could see that. But what do you think of it? Like what's your, if you had to pick two flavors on there? It's subtle for me, but with a lot of Buffalo Trace products and is true of, of this one is like a, a, a cherry candy, like a cherry lozenge. Kind of, and I, I get it most on the finish here mm-hmm. rather mm-hmm. than anywhere else. Um, but I, I think the sweetness is, well, is a. They do drop one cherry Jolly Rancher in every barrel. That would explain it. it. Yep. Oh, I thought it was going to be a cough drop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the TTB has been really on them about that, but. Yes. Yeah. Hey, they're still calling it bourbon, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up is a, a favorite of mine, and I really insisted, um, and there were some, some comments for me to take this one out of here. But I feel like it's important we we try it. Is the bench? We did an episode. There. You can't get it in Illinois, Indiana. But, mm-hmm. but they make a variety of of benchmark products. There is a top floor, a small batch, a bonded, a single barrel, and a full proof. And today we're trying the single barrel. Um, it is it is the Buffalo Trace Mashville. It's aged for I believe four years, probably four to five. Um, they for the single barrel they. Select only the best barrels from the benchmark lineup. And uh, this comes in at 95 proof. It costs about 27 bucks if it's, if, if it's available in your local area. Now, to be fair, then, that means that it's the same mash bill as some fan favorites that we'll be having later on, like E.H. Taylor Small. Uh, e. Taylor. Yeah, yeah. This is mash bill number one. Yeah. So it's, it's essentially, because regular benchmark is basically a slightly younger Buffalo Trace. Right. So this is the same age from everything I've gathered here, but this is the best barrels of that age group. And as we, as you guys know, like a barrel can be a really good barrel of something can be a lot better than its average. Thing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. This, now, this is the newest kind of entry into the Buffalo Trace portfolio. Yeah, the uh, the benchmark lineup here, like a right. regularly appearing thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This has only been around for, from what I can tell, a couple a couple years, I think. Mm-hmm. So. I'm very curious everyone's take on it. I feel, like, I feel like I have some like apple on the nose. Yeah, yeah, something light. It's really enjoyable. Cornbread for me. Yeah, Ooh, I nice. could go with that. Nice. Like a nice sweet cornbread. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a sweetness there that I'm I'm enjoying on the nose. Let's dig right in. Cruz is getting restless over there. Mm-hmm. The palate does not quite match it. I'm getting like cherry. Like you said, that maybe I have that in my head, cherry lozenge, but... Well, it's that accentuation from the last one. I, I agree, though. I get more of the cherry on this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That kind of cherry lozenge. I kind of get it. I Like, I still actually... I hear what you're saying with the cherry, but I actually think that the apple note uh, translated a little bit. Mm. I get a little bit of apple on that. I could see that. Yeah. 
You like a Macintosh? Mm. For for um, I was thinking more like a um, oh shoot, what's it called? Red Delicious, Granny Smith. No, Red Delicious. definitely not a Granny Smith. Red it Delicious, is not, a, not um, named. What about a? That's what's called calling somebody's Pink bluff. Lady. <laughs> no, it's not Macintosh. There's another one that I like to get, and I can't Gala. think of what it is right now. It's like Gala. Gala, I'm so gonna, good. Okay, I'm going, I'm going to the Google. All right, go to the Google. Right, uh, good luck. Coop, what are you thinking on the palette here? Um, I, I was just thinking that for 95 proof, this is surprisingly substantive. Yeah. Like when, for me, drinking 100 proof can always be uh, touch, and, touch and go. Like some, sometimes it's great. Sometimes it feels very watery. But um, It's 100 proof that feels watery. Right. Uh, any, anything below that can can potentially feel watery for me, especially with like Basil Hayden proof down to, to 80. Um, this this feels like a really substantive bourbon, and for, for $27, I think it's particularly impressive. I get that yeah. corn caramel sweetness. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just kind of through and through. Like benchmark is a good word for it. It's yeah. kind of prototypical bourbon for me. Yeah, I gotta say, this reminds me a little bit of what I remember E.H. Taylor's small batch tasting like, and mm-hmm. at like nearly half the cost, that's really impressive. Yeah, right? Like, what do you think of this compared to the regular Buffalo Trace we just tried? I like it better. I would say I get a little bit more youth to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Which, it, just, it is younger, yeah. Right. Yeah. Just a touch of graininess in the corn is a, is a bit more pronounced. Um, it's like if your younger brother really was like worked out a lot. <laughs> and he could kind of kick your ass. I thought Kyle yeah. could kick your ass, though. Why don't you shut the fuck up over there, John? He doesn't even listen to that. By the way, it's a Honeycrisp ap- apple. That's what I was thinking oh, about. Oh, we didn't even say crisp. that. Yeah, Honeycrisp. But I, I agree with you. There's like a youthful exuberance there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like not in a bad way. I think they did no, a good job of picking that single barrel. Like that single, that was a really good choice. But that's why you can't get it everywhere is because they're only picking select barrels for this. There's not, en- there's not enough to go around everywhere. A yeah. slight spill here on the uh, at this in the studio. I blame Cruz, but <laughs> um, that's only I because will, Cruz. You blame I will Cruz. fight you only because you can't be mad at Cruz. So yeah, you know. Cruz is the best. He heard you, and he well, will never forgive you. He hit his not, face. It's not your. It's not your fault, Cruz. He's hiding face. inside of my head. <laughs> <laughs> shame. But uh, no, I just I was. It was Everything's really important okay. to me. It was really important to me in, in this episode to share this with Cuba, our whiskey expert, because I I'm just. I really ride for the higher end versions of Benchmark because I think they're doing such a good job at such a low price point. Yeah. It, yeah. So you said they've got the small batch, high floor, full proof. Yeah. Uh, bonded. Bonded. So bond, bond, yep. And single barrel and full proof. Got it. From from those that you've tried, what's been your favorite? Full um, proof. The, the, the two best. Well, slow down. Sorry. I got, the two best are, not, are single barrel and full proof for sure. Okay. Um. I think if you it depends who you ask if single barrel or full proof is better based on your because full proof is like 150 50 basically for people that have had try both of them so it really is on a preference there I think single barrel is a little bit better but for people who like really high proof they're going to prefer full proof sure um, speaking of that um, again if you guys uh, please go back and listen to our benchmark episode where we talk about all of their expressions. Mm-hmm. I, w- I will say the uh, audio quality was probably a little less so at that point in time because it was an early episode. But, the, but I do think that the content was good on that one. Yeah, the wonderful content makes up for it. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was a good episode. I did just buy another top floor bottle when we were in uh, Indianapolis recently. Mm-hmm. That's like a $12 thing, but it was on the top floor of the Rick mm-hmm. House. So it's mu- clearly, it ages faster. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, but honestly, it's, it's pretty good for twenty bucks. I mean, yeah, it's it's still an interesting concept. Like, it's still whatever. It's twenty bucks. I we'll drink it. I keep coming back to this idea of benchmark, and I, I really like that name for this. Like, it feels like it fits in that realm of Evan Williams bonded or Elijah Craig mm-hmm. or just just mm-hmm. bourbons that have been produced by brands with a ton of experience that have dialed in exactly how to just create a really great standard product yeah and there's no pronounced notes to this um but it's it's just a good sipping whiskey like there's Mm -hmm. there's some rye spice to it there's caramel sweetness there's cornbread sweetness the fruit Uh, note there too yeah Mm -hmm. um but it's uh it's not unique but it's delicious yeah yeah no i 
I agree. And I think know. it's been, I don't, it's not really trying to be that unique necessarily, but, mm-hmm. but that's kind of part of the personality of it. Right. Right. Yeah. No. And this is why I'm very excited for our upcoming, um, bottom shelf episode <laughs> where we try a bunch of bottom shelf bourbons side by side. Cause I think benchmark, I don't know for sure, but benchmark's really going to shine. Are you going to do that blind or no, we'll do, we'll do it straight up. I trust all of us to be objective. I don't. Um, you know, cause I, I've had a lot we of, we pick the right people to be on the podcast. <laughs> I think that we can do that. Cause I'm thinking, you know, go benchmark Evan. We'll do ancient age, which is hey, also, listen, put me in on that one coach. Actually, <laughs> you know, know what? You nothing. might, that might be perfect for yeah, you. No, yeah. I think They're it all will 100 be. milliliters. So yeah. coming from the person who's like, no, that's more of a flask whiskey. Like, like, you mm. know, yeah. But, but yeah, I, we're, we're gonna throw in a variety. You, you can't tell me that wasn't a good call, though. No, I'm t- that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Like you, that's what I was agreeing with. My you. big question mark, and I love your take on this, Kuba, is do we do Varial Barton in mm. that? In that, and if we do, you know, what, I, th- I was thinking about this today. Maybe we do eighty proof because the hundred proof everyone knows is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But it's like sixteen bucks, and maybe that's a little high for what we're doing. Because <laughs> so, they still have like the ninety-two proof one. Uh, no, like they, they basically they ninety do, something. They get ninety, eighty, and hundred now. Oh, really? And locally, yeah, really, the ninety, yeah. But we can do eighty or ninety. Yeah, it, it depends on your parameters and your variables. I would, I would yeah. try and sneak it in. I'd also try and sneak something in from Old Granddad because I think that. Yeah, yeah. There's, I think we should put an Old Granddad in just for fun. Love OGD. We're gonna we're gonna revisit that, but I'm excited about that episode upcoming. Anyway, moving on. We uh, next up here. We're really jumping it up here. We're going to Blanton's single barrel. Um, have you heard ah, of Blanton's? I, I can't say that I have. What is this? Brand? I really like Wait, the horsey on top. Never heard of it. Before really we get into Blanton's, though, do we need a word from our sponsor? You know what, John? Thank you very much. Let's try some Blanton's, but first, just a quick break. And we're back. We've got um, Blanton's single barrel in front of us here. This is mash bill number two. Um, this, impo- this is very important. This is a B barrel, a B, as uh, you Blanton's enthusiasts know. I guess I didn't realize, so when it's a single barrel, it's the same horses that are on top? No, so each horse is different based on the letter. Well, I know that, but like I'm just saying it's not any different if it's a single barrel or a regular Blanton's. No. All Blanton's is single barrel. Correct. Yeah, everyone's oh, a single barrel. Oh, okay, I guess I didn't realize that. Okay. Can, no, different In places fact, can Things pick... that I don't know about Blanton's, Here's sorry. something that's going to blow your mind, everybody. So the only mash bill number two that's not single barrel is Ancient Age. So. Hmm. Only mash bill number two, you're only going to get single barrel except for ancient age. And you, okay. You guys will notice on this B and this B barrel, the horse is very much at like a stand position because it's the beginning of the race. Mm-hmm. So as the letters go on. As I learned in a previous episode, I learned that the horse is at various points in its stride. Correct. As it goes through. And as we all know, the second N is the best tasting blend. So we, right. have, we have a B today, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it actually doesn't matter where you store the bourbon or how long it's been stored. It really just matters the posture of the horse. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, blends very sought after, as anyone listening to this podcast knows. Why do you, so I have my theories, but I'm curious why you guys think that Blanton's is so sought after. The bottle's pretty. It's it's a cool bottle. The, they've done a great like Buffalo Trace has done just a fantastic job, um, growing scarcity and like creating like a fever around like getting some of these bottles. Like Blanton's is and I haven't tried this yet. I haven't smelled it yet. I'm sure it's gonna be great. Um, Blanton's is fine in my experience, but the level of like oh my god I need this bottle. Compared to other similar price bourbons, is is skewed. People feel like they're missing out. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. but they've they've done such a great job of making like this is the bourbon you need, and it. I think it's just fucking brilliant marketing. Can I ask a question? Yeah. If is this one of the first like more allocated bourbons? Like, has this been allocated for longer than others? Well, I mean, Old Rip Van Winkle, Pappy Van Winkle were allocated before Blanton's. But yeah, because yeah, those are like annual releases. And, but but as far as like things that are like regularly this, made, I'll yeah. say in this cost range though. Uh, yeah, probably this is like the quintessential allocated bourbon. Because I kind of feel like that's what it was. Is like that is the first thing that was like hard to get. So like people are kind of still on it. Yeah, and well, they don't know about what other things they can ask for. I would right. imagine it was the demand that led to the allocation, right. not the other way. Because around. yeah, okay. if you okay. ask for enough of anything, it's going to lead to allocation. Yeah. Like yeah. the one hundred proof uh, old very old Barton is technically allocated. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm sure there was a time this was easy, easier to find. 15 years ago, this was probably no problem. True. But because of the, the bourbon craze of late, it, yeah, it's it became one of Also, those. people don't diversify their interests in bourbon, right? Like everybody here is like, you have to try Blanton's, and then people are like, they try it, and they're like, yeah, this is decent, I can, I can sip this. And they don't like 
go beyond that, you know, like they just sit on that and that's just what they buy. And then they like wait until that becomes available and they bemoan when it's not. Yeah. But I've always been of the opinion if this was just stacked at your local liquor store after a month, no one would want it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's, I think yeah. that's just true. I, here's a great example. Yeah. Henry McKenna, uh, single barrel, right? It's all, yeah, uh, yeah. bottle and bond, 10 year old. That was uh, that was all sitting around until somebody said, "Hey, this is good at San Francisco Wine yep. and Spirits," which is crazy because it's a single barrel, so it varies by nature. Yep. Mm-hmm. And now it's completely unavailable. I've not seen it on a shelf since 2018. My my perspective here is that I I don't know if this is necessarily Buffalo Trace marketing or media taking it as its own thing, but I think there's there's a couple qualities here first as John mentioned, a, a really distinct bottle shape that stands mm-hmm. out on the shelf. That's and true. you see this bottle featured in so many masculine leaning pieces <laughs> of media, like billions. Um, oh God, what's the movie series with Keanu Reeves where he's a John Wick drink. John Wick yeah. is, is drinking oh, really? like there's mm-hmm. so many media moments where uh, a macho character is drinking from a bottle of See, I don't, Interesting. I don't know if that, because uh, in the show Space Force, John Malkovich is drinking Old Forester Single Barrel. The, the show that clearly. only you watch that was canceled <laughs> after two no. seasons because you were the only audience. They have another one. Whiskey that is constantly being put into, into media is like a, mm-hmm. a, a thing mm-hmm. that characters are I feel like that started happening after people made it really cool I I think it I think it goes hand in hand I think it's it's not one or the other it's it's kind of all of it um, all of it working together and then you've got the the Pokemon the baseball card (laughs) element of collecting all the horses I was gonna say the collector's piece of it is a thing too like once you get somebody who's interested in it they're like oh I got one bottle now I need to get all the bottles you gotta have all the horses yeah Yeah. (laughs) literally though of every bourbon these guys are doing the best job of making it something people will want that's what I'm saying though like on all these factors it's like they give you something that you want to get Mm -hmm. at least it's also good but also part of it, like, yeah. I don't even know how much Buffalo Trace has really contributed to this. That's my thing. Like, I, that's a fair I point. don't think they are a ton. I think it's taken on a life of, of its own. And I think there, there's a whole separate culture around. So Blanton's is, is one of the whiskeys that does dump dates. Um, and there's a whole culture around finding bottles from particular dump dates, whether it's like when your kid was born or an <laughs> anniversary. or Right, because yeah. children love whiskey. Um, but I, I've, I've talked to people who like look for that and they're going to save for 21 years and open it with their yeah. kid. Which is, which is very sweet. Mm-hmm. Which, That's what yeah. I love about New Riff though. They do that too. Um, mm-hmm. Like you get the data. On a lot of distilleries do that too. But a lot of distilleries do the things that Blanton is doing. A lot of distilleries have unique bottle shapes. A lot of distilleries have their dump dates. A lot of distilleries will have some sort of collectible element. Uh, what is it? Cast? No, not Castling Key. What's the one that has the collectible keys? Oh yeah, it's supposed to be from Sitzel Weller. Yes, it's um, uh, yeah, they do a twenty two Blade and Bow. Blade and Bow, thank you. They're yeah. trying to to do that whole thing, but Blanton's kind of cooked all those elements together into a package, and and I think that's why it took off. I also think that it was one of like as I said earlier, like it's one of the earlier ones that had all of those elements, mm-hmm. and and so now it's like I mean here's the other thing too it has been around since the 80s yep uh, they were introduced in 1984 John yeah there you are and again the first commercially sold single barrel that's right $70 a retail if you can find it By it used way, to be 55 this particular one does smell nice this one reminds me of um, Buffalo Trace Mashville number one it's just I know it's not well, the same but well it's not it's Mashville number two John but I do wonder if it like says that what right yeast they're using <laughs> yeah. so I don't know if you talk through the Mashville's Previously, but to remind people, mash bill number one, while the mash bills aren't uh, publicized, mash bill number one is less than 10% rye content. Mash bill number two is between 10 to 15% rye yeah, content. so the higher rye. So this is the higher rye mash bill. Yep. And I do get a little bit of that rye spiciness on the nose. Yeah. I get it on the palate a little bit, too. Oh, for sure. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. But there's something else there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Hmm. This brings me back to um, Buffalo Trace. I, I know that's not the same, but I I don't know if there's some consistency because of the yeast strains that they're using, but it reminds me a lot of what we started with. I get some spice. I might get a little bit of chocolate even, like milk chocolate. Interesting. Hey, thank you. I'm getting it like means cherry. a lot. 
I can see a little bit of cherry, like a chocolate-covered cherry, a milk chocolate-covered cherry. Is it weird that I'm getting both rye spice and baking spice? No. Not at all. It's a little weird. I think it's good, though. I mean, no, this is this is good. I've had I've had less interesting versions of Blanton's. This single barrel is good. Mm-hmm. This single barrel actually was picked uh, by our local uh, liquor store here in Chicago, Benny's. Just shout that out. I've heard of them, yeah. Because <laughs> not, not all of them are picked uh, specifically by restaurant, store, whatever. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good barrel. Um, I've had this one open for a little bit. It's been, it. you know what, to be quite honest with you, I've had this, uh, tasted this before, didn't love it, and still it, it's just okay for I me. I feel like it's gotten better since the last time I tried it. You did place. try this one, Yeah, right? I've tried this like okay. a year, I tried like a year ago, and I feel like it's gotten a little better. And it's it's good, but like, I'm not gonna wait in line for this. No. No, that's that's the whole thing, is it's like, it's it's good, I feel like it costs more than it needs to cost, and it's too hard to get. Well, the thing is too, like, you know, a lot of responsible liquor store, not responsible, but just like some liquor stores... <laughs> sell it around MSRP, but most don't, you mm-hmm. know, when they have it, they're going to sell it for over a hundred dollars probably. And that's definitely not worth over a hundred dollars when we consider what we've had before. So much of bourbon economics is based on scarcity. Yeah. Um, whether it's the primary or, or the secondary market and I don't know, man, if, if, if you're someone who's really fucking wanted Blanton's and you get Blanton's and you get this, and you haven't had things of a higher caliber, I can I can see yourself being really happy. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm not I'm not here to yuck anyone's yum. It's yeah. just not my yum. Um, is it a good whiskey? Yeah, absolutely. It's got some substance to it. It's got a little bit of spice. It's got sweetness. Um, it tastes right around the what is it? Ninety two. Ninety three. Ninety three. Yeah. Yeah. I think they've it's balanced in that sense. I just, um, you know what it is? It's totally subjective too. Like this is just not a taste that I'm gravitating towards because it's, maybe it's closer to the tea. I'm getting a lot of tea still on it and I don't know why that is. You know, I don't know what it is, but for whatever reason, I feel like herbal tea has come up for me in uh, tasting notes more often in the past like few weeks than it has like ever. Mm. But like now, because it has come up so often, I've been like reluctant to point it out because I'm just like, maybe I'm just like crazy and it's like whatever. But I almost said it earlier and I didn't say it. So I, I, I do I, get that here, though. Yeah. On the finish, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And the just, rice, the rice spice is more pronounced here than it has been in the, the other two that we've tried. For which sure. makes sense because it is the higher. Right. And it's not even that high, though, compared to other things. Right. Like this mm-hmm. is like, what did you say? Uh, just above 10 percent. Uh, between ten to fifteen yeah. percent rye content. Which I mean, you think about some other brands that like. I mean, for roses, Four roses that's not even their low rye. Yeah, their low rye is above that. Yeah, low rye is twenty percent. High rye is thirty-five. Yeah. yeah. So now yeah. we're moving on. We're going to try out Elmer T. Lee. Uh, Yum. This is also in Mashable number My two. Uh, we're actually dropping down a couple of proof points for this one. It's at ninety proof. People go crazy about this. I love Elmer T. Lee because I like the dude who it's named after. Elmer T. Lee is the reason why Blanton's exists. Are you talking about um, mass distiller emeritus Elmer T. Lee? Well, he's emeritus because he's dead. Yeah, he uh, he flew B-29 bombers in World War II and then took over at Buffalo Trace, worked his way up to that master distiller position. And um, in the 80s, I mean, so he was around at a time when there was this sort of comedy among, not comedy like haha, like comedy C-O-M-I-T-Y, among bourbon uh, distilleries, Wild Turkey. He was contemporaries with a young Jimmy Russell and others, and they talked about a Booker lot of no, stuff. Probably, yeah, yeah, I think so, right. Yeah, so maybe, maybe I'm thinking of uh, Booker No then, but they kind of came up with this idea of single barrels uh, around the same time. But he was the first one to introduce um, Blanton's, uh, and yeah, so I just have a lot of respect for him for not only his service during the war, but also to bringing single barrels to the market. So I mean, it's a it's a pioneering move. He is uh, so much of what bourbon is today is single barrels. Like yeah. you, you think of nerd bourbon culture, it's about bourbon clubs, it's about picking single barrels putting stickers on single barrels and 
this guy's responsible for it's that. It's about having cute French bulldog puppies as your mascot. It's absolutely about that. <laughs> also, no, I would I, I would say that it's been like I feel like a lot of these distilleries that we've gone to visit, um, like single barrel coordinator is a job title that people have yeah. now. Oh, yeah. like, like how cool like how cool. How about single barrel originator or creator? That's right. this dude. His face is on the barrel on the excuse me, on the bottle twice. It's on the back cool legacy. Also, yeah. this bottle too, we should not like steer clear of like it's got a great grip on it. It's got it's like this little square squat bottle with these little uh indents on the sides to grip it really easily. I like it better than Landon's bottle by far. I mean, I, I do it's love cool. the, the grip aspect they've added to it, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's try it's it. It's ergonomic. Though. Oh yeah. <laughs> so kind of like the nose on that right off the bat. Yeah. I like I enjoy the nose. I'm actually interested Ooh. though, how did you decide to go with Blanton's before this one, considering the uh difference in proof? Was there anything? Uh, there was, because Blanton's is actually easier to get than this. Okay, so this is based on scarcity a little bit. Yeah, that, that was my thought. And like, I know the proof doesn't, like, usually we try to like go... These are pretty close, though. ...important proof. But uh, the, yeah, this is this comes out like once, maybe twice a year, but usually once a year. Whereas Blanton's is a little more frequently, though I know it's tough for people to get it, regardless. Yeah. But they, they make less of this than they do with Blanton's, I what, promise you. What are you guys getting on the nose? Maple syrup. Mm. Yes. Yeah. It's, this is a uh, um. Oh God, what's the Canadian? Uh, have you had a beaver tail? I mean, it's, we don't talk about. I mean, well, I mean, I was I was in that strip club in Vancouver. <laughs> I was gonna say that reminds me of um, Super Troopers two for some reason. Even though I'm pretty sure it's not in it, but um, that's a top five Rob Lowe performance. By the way, hard to get a sequel that good. <laughs> yeah. Beaver tail is like a it's a it's a. Frozen maple syrup candy, if I'm not mistaken, where you have a block of yes. of ice, and then you take a kind of gummy form of maple syrup and you wrap it around it, and that's what the the nose reminds me of. Mm. It's not your go to Trader Joe's buy a thing of maple syrup. It's it there's there's a richness to it. There's a syrupy gumminess. There's is it like here. a maple bacon donut? Hmm. It's, I feel like that was that was a John note that I just said right there. I'm not getting savoriness on this. I, I appreciate I appreciate that. I, Shout I get out from blackberry my... on the nose. I don't know how you guys feel about that. I can see that. Yeah, I get a little berry. Subtle, subtle dark berry. I get yeah, also like a little dark on the back end. After you yeah. said that, I got a little bit of like uh, vanilla, but then just to, because Jenny shouted me out on subtle flavor stuff, I got a little bit of beach, like a little bit of like the beach air. Mm. Okay. Okay. I know you guys are like, that. Ah, that's bullshit. I really do. Like, there was something there that I was just like, this is salt, salty air or something. I see blackberry before I see beach. I'll be honest. Yeah. No, no worries. Ooh, I like that first first taste there. That was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I. It's funny because um, it's really good. I have a lot of uh, disdain for the Blanton's culture that sits out there, but I 100% understand the hype for El Martili. I, for whatever reason, they're. It's the same mash bill. It's proofed down just a few points, literally. And I just have, I've had one bottle of it that I opened up that I just absolutely loved. That was my favorite bottle. And then the second bottle was not my favorite. And this bottle is back to really surprising me and impressing me. Um, okay. Do you know, like, every once in a while you'll go to a, a restaurant where, like, when you leave, you get a mint that is, it's... It's like the white, like cloud-like one where you I, chew I know, into I, it. I know exactly what you're talking about. Those are about. so yeah. good, yeah. This reminds me of pillow. that somehow. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, Jenny, that is right on the nose for me. I'm getting, I'm getting a mint. I'm getting a little bit of honey, mm-hmm. and maybe just a touch of berry fruit still. And yeah, I could see the I, like blackberry, like the subtle, mm-hmm. the more mm-hmm. subtle berry. Yeah, I get that. This is a bourbon that ta- that tastes a lot like it smells. I think the palate is not far off from its delicious. Nose. I'd agree yeah. with that. I get uh, oak is much more pronounced for me mm. here than it has been on the the other three that we've tasted. I can tell this as more more age and substance. I don't know if it's disclosed how old the bourbon that goes into Elmer Lee is, but I would guess between seven and ten years, somewhere somewhere in that range. I haven't seen anything exactly on that. Yeah, but that that sounds right. Based Feels on like the it's taste. got some character, some tannins, some woodiness. Yeah. It's not over oaked, but it's like there's some. I I would say at least I mean I'm thinking like eight to twelve really. There's something about this that just like tastes could be. When you said that, it reminded me that like yeah, just because it's lower proof than Blanton's doesn't mean it's as young as Blanton's. No. So I think Blanton's has actually been going down in in age. 
yeah. uh, the more popular it's well, become. Yeah, they, they keep um, producing it. Right. But uh, Elmer T. Lee is available much less frequently. Yep. All right, so we have to move on. I know that we love this one, but let's move on to our next offering, Rock Hill Farms, which if you thought Elmer T. Lee was obscure, this is... <laughs> I remember um, one of my local liquor stores here was supposed to, this is like three years ago, was supposed to get a, a case of six bottles of this. Oh, God. They're still waiting for that, and that was three years ago. And, and even this bottle out. that we're pouring from, it's like, this bottle is, uh, it's been opened, and it is, we're, we're pouring from the, the dregs of it. Yeah, I forget how I got this bottle. Um, you had to steal it. This, this feels like a Ken move. This does. This does feel like a Ken move. So thank you, Ken, for probably probably for providing this, ho- this for this hostile takeover. Mm-hmm. Man, this. All right, I I had to sneak yeah. a sniff in this. Yeah, Nashville number two coming in at hundred proof. So that's all right. So we went from Blanton's at ninety three, Elmer T. Lee at ninety, and now we're back up to hundred proof. Mm-hmm. And so this, and this is a once a year release, if I recall. It's once a year. I was about to say I know nothing about Rock Hill. Farms. Okay, let's talk about it for a second. There, it's the least popular of the Mash Bill two offerings generally, <laughs> right? Okay, maybe that's why they're not let's, making. Let, them let's leave. Sure. Let's leave with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, the bottle is the least impressive. It's like they were like, here's just a square. It's kind of a cool bottle, actually. I don't know. I think it's well, cool. what I mean by that is like some elements of it seem kind of cheap. Like if you look at that, it looks like there's a decal kind of thrown on there. Like it really doesn't have anything to prove because it's like if you see that, you know what you're looking for. I, I'm not gonna lie. Like this is a Buffalo Trace product, but if you go on their website, there's nothing about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like that's like the the stepchild that they don't. This is uh their adopted daughter, Margaret Tenenbaum. It's named after the rich farmland so, like, along the Kentucky River. I mean, that's really low. Like they just. It's not named after like some prestigious master distiller like the last two were. They were just like they yeah, just looked okay. at the window. So and this, like, what's, so this is what's the in ugly, the area. So this is the ugly stepchild. So but all right. So in its defense, though, it was the highest Mashable number two until they started releasing Blanton's Gold in the market. Which one might ask, what's the difference between Blanton's Gold and Rock Hill Farms? I don't uh, even know what Blanton's one, Gold is. One's got a horse on top. Well, Blanton's Gold is a hundred proof, okay. right? Okay, I believe. Uh, last I checked, and this is also 100 proof. So well, what's that up? might be why they took so long to introduce Blanton's Gold into the U.S. market. And this like, is this is an area where there are variables at play that we just probably don't have a sense of, like Elmer T. Lee, Rock Hill Farms, Blanton's Single Barrel, all Nashville number two. Right. Blends, of course, is a single barrel. Elmer T. Lee, Rock Hill Farms are a blend. No, no, no. Those are single barrels. Elmer T. Lee is a single barrel? Yeah. They're all single barrels. Oh, you're right. Right. Like I, said, like I said earlier, the only Oh, they're blended, all single barrel. The only, yeah, the only small batch one is Ancient Age. Oh. Oh, okay. All right. right. So, so I was two, mistaken. All right. So, yeah. so but, but that means that it's the same mash bill, but there has to be some sort of decision being put as to what is going to be a Rock Hill Farms, what is going to be a Blanton's, what is going to be a Elmer T. Lee, because... They're all single barrels. It honestly could be proofed down at different points. There has to be some other could be variable. Taste. I mean, you that, taste it, and you're like, "This needs to be proofed down a little bit more." It we'll becomes plantains. It becomes Elmer Tilly. Age maybe. Um, I know what I said earlier, but it smells like herbal tea to me. Again, I'm back to that spaghetti smell and marinara kind of like. I know <laughs> that sounds ridiculous, what, but are we talking about? Chef Boyardee canned spaghetti? What are we... Whoa, not whoa, that. Whoa, whoa, Absolutely whoa, not. Whoa, whoa, that not is an that. aggressive smell. No. Um, yeah, but it's What's slaps. wrong with that, <laughs> Nothing. Jenny. There's nothing wrong with it, but it is an aggressive it's smell. It's also not the only thing I'm getting. It's just the first thing I'm getting. Um, also, uh, let's... Some real real props to Cuba here, because Cuba's 100% right that Chef Boyardee does slap. It does yeah. slap, yeah. I'm here for it every day of the week, as yeah. Jenny knows. I'm a meat ravioli guy, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. not on the, the Chef Boyardee label, but... Also, the same company, SpaghettiOs. Yeah, yeah, yeah very different, um, very different marinara. Sauce very different. Than that. He's into yep. the spaghetti and meatballs or the beef ravioli. I'm right there with you. All, both mm-hmm. great options. Mm-hmm. But are we not doing the beefaroni? I mean, no, I, I no do love beefaroni. Okay, can we t- just take it, a quick it, sidebar? It is the San Francisco treat. And no, that add- is not. That's riceroni. <laughs> <laughs> we can edit this out because this is not good oh, content is, for anybody. This but is what we need. SpaghettiOs, uh, a soup or a pasta dish. Oh wow! These are, these are the questions. Jenny'll say oh a, uh, a I don't know what she'd say because she's a Skyline chili fan. So well, that's say, different. I, I think it would be a soup. Of course, you would. I don't think you it's have like to Skyline's a chili. I will say wars have been fought over whether that's a soup not, or. I'm, never mind. Moving on. I don't <laughs> yeah. want to get into this right now. I'm trying to find another note than the spaghetti Wait, note back on to this Rock Hill Farms. Farms. Yeah. 
But and there's something sweet about it too. There's something kind of like uh, almost like the like a cotton candy, pink cotton candy or something. This is this that. is more pointed for me on the nose. It feels a little bit sharper, and that doesn't mean to say there's more ethanol, there's more rye. It just feels like a little bit more concentrated in what it's providing. I, I agree. This, with you. I get that sharpness. Go ahead, I'm, I'm agreeing with John on the the kind of candy smell to it, like the cotton candy, because it reminds me a little bit of the the childhood. The, the, no, no, this the specific mint thing that I said before about the like the cloud like mint mm. candy. It kind of reminds me of that in the nose, but like, mm. may, but kind of closer to maybe the cotton candy you're talking. I, about. I get a pink candy if that doesn't make any sense at all. Like, no, I totally get it. Yeah, I mean because pink. I mean even when they put like we all know oh, what pink candy means. Yeah, because the clitoris. Even, even with yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you meant? <laughs> oh. Also, even when candy's like, oh yeah, this is that type of candy, we all know that's kind of bullshit anyway. So this is our dog now, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, some of the guest audience is taking a nap while yeah. the rest of the guest audience is being kidnapped. Allie <laughs> is deceased and we have claimed the dog. <laughs> all right. But seriously though, I, are you guys picking anything up predominantly on the palate other than what we've already discussed? Well, there's I haven't the, tasted it the yet. The pink candy. Get yeah, I guess there. that was the nose, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of complex, actually. It, it seems light, but complex, weirdly. Speaking of pink candy, sh- the pink starburst. I was so worried about where you're going with that. Yeah, totally. Yes. Pink starburst? <laughs> no, I didn't go where Cuba went. For me, this is more, um, the oak is more subtle, but still present. I mm-hmm. get a little bit of tobacco herbaceousness, whereas Elmer T. Lee was a bit oakier, where the age uh, was more front and center. This has age, but it's integrated in a very specific way. For for me, it's cigar box, it's tobacco, and that carries through from the palate to the finish. I get that age. I'm still getting still something like on the sweet and floral end of the uh, uh, tasting wheel. I'm I'm trying to pick that up, but it's really I, I, kind of brown, fair. Like I'd say brown sugar is what I'm getting. I'm getting. I, I like brown sugar. Yeah. You know, I there's definitely a sweetness there. I get more of like a baked goods kind of sweet though. Yeah, I could get like a Danish, like oh, I could see, I could see that. Yeah, like something in a bakery is what I get from this. You know, like a Danish has like it's got the pastry itself, which is sweet. It's got the icing, which is sweet, and then it's got that little like fruit filling, which is sweet. And it, just imagine if you took a whole bite of the whole thing, that's yeah, kind I, of what I, I'm getting. I feel like if it had pink frosting, that's exactly what this would be. Oh yeah, it's almost like a like a pop tart. I I really like oh, this actually. Oh, pop tart, yeah. Oh shit, there it is. That, That's a good one. It's one of those fucking pop tarts with it's the pink the, filling. It's yeah. the frosted strawberry pop tart. This is why we work together. <laughs> and we it's need, not only that, like we're we getting other stuff. No, for sure. We need all of us to put that together though. Yeah. We're like Voltron in that way. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which one's Voltron from? Um or also the um Super Megazord. Oh, okay. Yeah, bring yeah. to Power Rangers. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yep, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, which one's Voltron though? Is that uh, Transformers? No, no, no. It's know. a separate entity. It's, a whole, it's its own it's thing. Same kind. Because you're from. Oh yeah. Is and that still around? It, I don't know if it's still around, but like they were, they were telling me they'd never been. Actually, it was your buddy Gabe was telling me he Gabe he, he'd never been to Planet Hollywood. And I was like, oh, I've been to Planet Hollywood, and I was telling him my big memory from that was the table we sat at because it was in Orlando as. That is where our nearest Planet Hollywood downtown is Disney. Yep. What well, was called downtown Disney mm-hmm. now it's whatever. Mm-hmm. But the table we sat at had a life-size version of Lord Zed. Oh like, my right god, that's and terrifying! It, and it was the most menacing version of him I have ever seen. Lord in my Zed life. had he had no qualms with just destroying it. I mean, Rita Repulsa was nothing compared to Lord Zed. Yeah. If I'm remembering correctly, Lord Zed was in the tube. He directed the. No, readers. you are you're not remembering correctly. I'm that not. was a good guy. That Zoran, Zoran, Zoran. Yeah, yeah. Z is a very uncommon word or letter, but used twice in Power Rangers. Right. Very confusing. But uh, yeah, yeah. Lord Zed, who was like doesn't have skin. All is like it's all he's all red. Remember, you like, guys remember the Power Rangers arc? Like, I'm sorry, I didn't I cut you off. Explain how he looks like because it's menacing. Yeah, it's super menacing. But it, he's never been more menacing than in this. Because in the cartoon, it's a little bit cartoonish. The, the cartoon, cartoon the, the TV cartoon, show? The, car- the cartoon is a little cartoonish. The TV show is a little bit cartoonish. Of course. Yeah. But in, in this fucking Planet Hollywood, with the lighting correct, it's like super well, menacing. Well, because he, he looks like somebody without skin. It's just muscles with like a skeletal frame on the yeah, outside. It's all red, though. It looks like if you were like were doing removing the skin from somebody, it's all like the... Who's like, jacked. Who's m- totally jacked. That's me when I go to the beach. Yeah, yeah. it is. <laughs> but 
But it's like if, if they made Power Rangers into a movie today and it was rated R. Yeah. what Lord Zed would look like. Uh, at this, I know we've done... And, and I was like 14 when we were here. I know we've gone down a rabbit hole, but I do want to say this. The arc of Power Rangers is this. Rita Repulsa gets fired because she doesn't do a good enough job of being mean. And Lord Zed comes in. That's how bad Lord Zed is. Wow. Yeah. He shows up because Rita's not mean enough. She's not getting the he's job a, he's of a being regional mean manager yeah. Yeah. that needs to come in. He oh. is the upper management who comes in to be mean. Yeah. Listen, that, gr- that Green Ranger arc is really what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. As we, for sure. Everyone agrees on that. Yeah. All right, so we are drinking bourbon, though. Yep, we're back to bourbon. Oh, fuck. And oh, actually, I, for, I back, forgot about that. We're back to Mashable number one. This is E.H. Uh, e. Taylor single barrel. Um, each of these barrels is hand-picked. <laughs> By who? Well, they don't tell you that. Yeah, that's, that's uh, trade secret. That's the job we all want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there used to be a standard E.H. Taylor single barrel, and then, what, probably about like 2019, 2020, they started to do the exclusive single barrel program where stores and restaurants really? could do their own. Yeah. I didn't know that they had discontinued like the general uh, single barrel program. I... I believe that's still in play i just mean that like the picks oh, are now also. in play yeah. Every- yeah so this particular barrel john is from our our local chicago retailer Benny's beverage depot yep yep and what barrel is that for the nerds at home so mm-hmm. this is barrel 047 047 yeah mm-hmm. yeah i had to really go out of my way to find that one versus the other ones that were out there from Benny's. Mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But that, so, that is a good point, though, because, yeah, again, they're all single barrels, so every barrel is going to be different. Right. But this is one that a particular store picked. But now that opportunity to to pick barrels from a, from a store perspective started to, to come about. And so I think that and Stag Jr. barrels started to happen at the same time. The Weller foolproof barrel barrels well, came great, a little bit before. Great news for you about what's next in our Ooh, case. Yeah. <laughs> oh, can't wait. Yeah. But let's, let's enjoy this first, though. E.H. Taylor single barrel. I am smelling a back to like a strawberry, like a strawberry and cream. Yeah, I'm I'm getting a little bit of um I don't mean this in a bad way, cough drop, like kinda mm. like the like robitussin kinda Yeah. I'm getting on the nose too. Yeah. On the nose, yes. I love that note on, on bourbon mm-hmm. personally. I don't yeah, yeah I'm not upset I don't about I, it. yeah, like I feel like that sounds like a bad thing when I'm saying it, no. but it's like no, it's actually relatively normal. Man, I just uh I just tried it and that whiskey is laughing at me. <laughs> Um, Would you say that whiskey slaps? I mean, I, ooh, that bottle ooh. does fuck. I, I no, agree. Not, that, not fuck. No, 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 so I think no, no, so. no, no. This bottle fucks. Yeah. Oh boy, that's my take on it. That is that strong is aggressive. Word, strong yeah. words. I mean, it's definitely it's the not most, surprising. And it's also the most interested I've seen Cruz in a bottle. Yeah. Cruz is like, what the fuck's going on over here? I need some of this bourbon. Right. The nose for me is um, <laughs> fruit roll up. Strawberry foot by the uh, fruit by the foot. I oh, yeah. love it. Um, there's like an artificial strawberry strawberry mm-hmm. note to it. Mm-hmm. Um, that fruitiness is is definitely there. I will say I I'm I'm with you from what we've tasted. This is the most cohesive mm-hmm. feel. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, yeah. I get a lot of that berry you're talking about. There's a, there's another little bit of sweetness there that's maybe not. It's more of like a candy sweetness. Yeah, it's like, that's what I mean a little bit with the the um cough drop thing it's like it's a it's it's a berry flavor that is artificial and yeah. i think kuba did a good job of um articulating that yeah i agree with that i don't i'm not upset by it either no i get a yeah. con- confectionery sugar sweetness i was gonna this. say I, I get a hint of like chocolate on it mm-hmm. um, which i think might be the similar thing we're we're tasting there i, God, I really i really like that I'm trying to it's find. It's really good. It's not all that for me, and I'm trying to find the secondary note, like something different from that. And I think it's kind of like closer to the baked good. Um, well, that kind of goes to Cuba's confectionery note there. I that, guess yeah. so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, baked you know, good confectionery. I guess I'm. Yeah, it's just not all sugar, but it's more like you know how like a uh, the bread in a baked good can kind of like cool something down in terms of like its yep. sweetness. It's. Mm-hmm. That's the way that like icing congeals and creates a unique texture and flavor. I like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. If you're, if you're hearing breathing, it's it's uh, our mascot Cruz. That's He's right. very excited. Well, also his <laughs> his nose doesn't work the same as ours. <laughs> Smushed into his head. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Imagine if you only had like a half of an inch for all of the nasal work that needs to be done. I, I really hope our Instagram post for this episode is like 15 pictures of Cruz. Yeah, right. it has no, to be. Yeah, nobody nobody cares about the booze. Like. Yeah. 
Oh my I mean, god. Cruz is very excited with this next pour. I can already tell. Yeah, he's already for, checking out the bottle. For those listening, I know this might not be interesting audio content, but pair this up with the visual because goddamn, this dog is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> we are having a good time. We'll just say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, I need to know what's going on in this bottle right here. Does know, this I, bottle fuck? We're asking Cruz. I can't open it because I only have I have Jane's got a dog in her hand. Got one. One hand smashed by. Where are those stickers, by the way? So uh, they're over there. Or they were over there. We'll, we'll get. We, we'll get there. Are well, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna touch on this in the end here, John. But uh, so last but certainly not least, we have Stag Junior, uh, which they've recently renamed. That's right. It's just going to be Stag. And then the GTS so, is just GTS, right? Yeah. What? George George Stag. Okay. What is G? Let's talk about the so George a bunch of distilleries. Uh, I think he had some debt too. I think he predated uh, Colonel E. H. Taylor, right? It was Stag then Taylor. Yep, sounds right. And um, yeah, now he has a bottle named after him, but instead of his likeness on there, they just have antlers. That's as, about as much as I recall. Them. He was a pretty ugly guy. I mean, <laughs> also they just had drawings back then, pretty much. I mean, unless you were like Abraham Lincoln and the president, you didn't have like a lot of pictures it, being taken. Uh, this is also Mashable number one. Oh, it we're is- back. Yep. E.H. Taylor was also. Mm. Um, uncut and unfiltered. Or whatever that does for you. Well, it does. Uh, it is triggering to hear about. I am uncertain uncut. which uh, exact batch this is. I know they do differ. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, so well, maybe we can just. Uh, did you say the proof? It's one. It's 130.2 proof. So people who care, they can figure out the batch. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me look this up. <laughs> I mean, listen, of our 50,000 listeners, mean, again, only like a 2,000. Again, Kuba right has like multiple monitors going on over here. Like, yeah, he's like he's head very, researcher very, of the podcast. 130.2 would be batch 14, which came out in spring 2020. That actually makes wow. sense. So, yes, this is batch 14. Thank also, you. thank you, Kuba. Yeah. Also, thank you, Ken. Yeah. Yes. Ken, who uh, provided this. Thank you very much. Who's, I promise you I'll give you the cat back. I would say it's funny. Like, we mentioned Ken a lot and. He has never been on this podcast. Well, you know what? He will be one day. He hasn't said that he won't be. He's just very... He has three homes, so he has places to be. He's, he's like, yeah. He's like Howard Hughes. It's hard, tough hard guy to nail right, down. Right, kind of similar right. to you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I have almost one home. <laughs> I, rent, I rent. He owns. <laughs> but what's everybody getting on the nose? I mean, we are taking a big jump in proof here. We've been yep. mostly drinking around 95 mm-hmm. to 100, mm-hmm. and, and we're jumping up to 130, so that, that ethanol is pretty pronounced. Actually, that's a good point about the last bourbon we had. It was bottled in bond, so it I was still think proof. it tastes like candy. Um, there is a, it smells like candy. There's a candy I'm sweetness sorry, here for sure that is ha- has been consistent through all we've tasted. Yeah, I'm, getting mm-hmm. that, I'm getting that cherry, like that candied cherry kind yeah. of thing. I'm getting less on. cherry and... and well, call me a liar to my face. No, no, no. Shut the Definitely fuck up, John. Still cherry, folks. Still cherry. <laughs> I was, I was I, honestly it's like just less. cherry candy is what it's like. Like I feel like it's everyone it's agrees. Less, John is lying. It's yeah. less of the mint candy. It's more of like a a cherry, like a fruity candy. What a bully, John! In it here. It's vanilla. That's what it is. It's like a vanilla yeah. plus cherry, which is a weird thing because you don't get that very yeah. often. <laughs> Cruz is attacking me. <laughs> it's a low attacking. key attack, just like yeah, attacking Cuba. <laughs> he just wants to be on the table. <laughs> I, I got to get a picture of that for the for the gram. So we're, Fantastic. We're good. I, I think the cherry and and vanilla is about as much as I can get out of this because it is yeah. just so. Let's, let's dig into the palate, guys. Mm-hmm. Wow, that starts with tea. By the way, the sound of the paper that's happening is Cruz fucking with my tasting wheel. That's but <laughs> it's adorable. That starts with black tea for me. Very strong. I get like, that. Good black tea. And then it goes to cherry. It's not or like a clove spice. It could be clove. It could be clove spice. I get I get oak and rye spice put together. There's okay. a lot of spiciness on this. Yeah, I'm getting it's it's probably because we're jumping from a hun from 100 to 130. That being said, though, I don't get a lot of heat on this for being 130. Not at all. This is really tasty. Mm-hmm. I think we need to finish this bottle for Ken, though. It is really. I mean, it's not much left. Th- that would be the honorable thing to do. I, I did just put a drop of water in mine just to see. I don't even whether know whether or not you're it a little. It's interesting. Like usually with this high of a proof, I would want to put water in it, but I don't necessarily feel like it's necessary. Here. I, agree with I just wanted to see if I. I just wanted to see if I got anything interesting. I hear yeah. that. Yeah. I, I understand. I'll do the same. I'll do the same. I don't. I don't. Because I get I, okay. So I get a lot less of the spice 
that mm. I did when I added a, added a drop of water. I don't. Uh, maybe I won't do this. The baking now. spice is most prevalent for me on the on the finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what, do getting, you, what do you think, Cruz? Yeah, Cruz. I get less cherry on the smell after I've added the water. Cruz's breathing is like in my <laughs> ear right now, <laughs> which is fantastic. But actually, it, it didn't change proof much. I only added like a couple drops of water. I mean, this uh, is taste. this is uh, kind of a unique Stag Junior pour. Um, in my experience, Stag Juniors have been pretty cherry lozenge, cherry syrup forward. Um, and this is a little bit more baking spice forward. It's it's mm-hmm. not. It's yeah, not. In the I get that passenger, but in the back. Yep. The baking spice is definitely there. Yes. Who is driving the barrel down there? I don't know that I have a like a baking spice uh, example. I don't know. I just it's just baking spice for me because I feel like there's a lot going on there. I like it though. It's very good. I, I actually think this bottle fucks. Far, far and away. I mean, this is a really amazing bottle. No, I, mean, I would. It's a shame that it's only like one pour left. I mean, I, I still think I like the single barrel better. Really, I do. Yeah. I do like this a lot. I think I like this. But I'm with. I think I might be with John on this. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's hard. If I had to choose between both of them, I'd have our time. But can um, we can we zoom out and mm-hmm. just talk about Buffalo Trace as a whole? Sure. Um, they're they're making such a wide variety of products. That everybody wants and it's hard to get. Yep. Which is probably from a business perspective is the greatest accomplishment you could ever hope for. Which is yeah, so that's, funny. That's what you would want, right? It's so funny too because they're doing it with two mash, three mash bills really. I mean, I mean for whiskey. Yes, yes, because there's a third mash bill. That it's the wheat. Yeah, we're not talking about. Yeah, that's. I mean, they make they make the uh, Harlan Wheatley vodka and other stuff like that too. Sure, sure. Nobody we, cares about any of that. Yeah. But my my <laughs> question as a listener is: Is it worth it? For yeah. any of it, you know, you you walk into a liquor store, you don't see it. Maybe you, you mention that you're, lo- you know, hey, if you ever get it, I'd love to try it. But at the same time, like you don't like search all over for it. You wait till you have a friend around, maybe already has it, or if you are that friend, don't hoard it. Share it with your other friends because all the stuff that we tried here is uh, ridiculously hard to get these days, and people should just give it a try so that the allure is not so. Ridiculous, like yep. yeah, no, so that people actually know what they're getting. Yeah, or if you go to a bar and it's like decently priced, like all right. So for instance, most likely people are going to be able to find pours of these at bars. I would not pay thirty dollars for a pour of no. H. Taylor, Rock Hill Farms, any of these things. Nope. Yeah, but if you find them in the teens, I would yep. consider it. Yeah, sure. Give yeah. it, give it a try. If you haven't tried it before, yeah. Absolutely. And if you find Stag Junior at nine dollars a pour. Be responsible. Be responsible because Buy a lottery you could take it. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, there are places where you can find that, and that's just like you could do damage to your liver to yourself. Like, just be responsible on that bottle because <laughs> it is, yeah. But I, I agree with what you're saying there. Like, hey, if you go to, go to a store and there's some of these bottles are there, like, yeah, buy one, try it. But like, don't don't pay secondary market prices for this stuff. Or or what? the store's jacking up the price a lot too. Be, wait. Google what is MSRP for these. It, you know, it changes. Like we were saying earlier, Blanton's is now $70. It used to be $55, $60. Yeah. Like we're talking about the single barrel here that I think fucks. The each, HDL, each yeah. single barrel. I think fucks. And for, I think the retail price on it is... It was 80 No, it's less than. It's like 70, it 70 used, bucks. It 70, used to be yeah. 70 I don't know what it is. Is it still no, 70 it's, it's still 70 okay. Around like, that range. Which, hey, for 70 bucks, this is a great, a great bottle. You yeah, know for, what? If you were like, hey, it's 150 no, I'm good. Also, no. I'll say this. I think... Now, we didn't try this against the small batch today, but in the past, when I've tried the single barrel Yeech Taylor compared to the small batch, I've, I've thought the small batch is the bottle to go for, just based on price. That's fair, but then what we've said... Yeah, yeah. Just around the step. What were your thoughts on that, the uh, single barrel? And if you need you to You mean like the it, difference between the two? Or like, did you just generally enjoy it? I enjoyed both of those things. Yeah. Um, well, it's certainly the Stag Junior. We the Stag Junior um, popped more to me than the E.H. Taylor did. Yeah, but I mean, I'm also I feel like I'm also kind of coming to this as a person who hasn't tried a lot of these things before. Um, but yeah, that was in in my moments now, just tasting these two things. Like that's just where my opinion lied. I thought that the Stag junior. was better. All right, so Kuba, to you. Any final thoughts, contrast, compare? My assessment, and I will caveat this with, I typically like higher rye bourbon, which 
means four roses, which means MGP. Um, I would not go crazy or take time out of my life to hunt most of these down. Uh, sure. Buffalo Trace, I equate to the level of Evan Williams Bonded or Jim Beam Black or Knob Creek. Which something, is funny something. because they're harder, much harder. That is much harder. To of course. Those, yeah. But that's that's what I'm trying to say is is at that kind of level. Yeah. Um, Blanton's, I'm not going out of my way of. Elmer T. Lee, based on the experience we had here, I would pay a little bit more for, but I, I mm-hmm. don't want to sell a kidney for yeah. that. Uh, Rocco Farms, definitely not. I think out of everything we've tasted here, I enjoy the E.H. Taylor single barrel more. And with a big caveat that that is a single barrel pick from a specific store. Right. So the variety right. in that can can differ quite a bit. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, most of these were single barrels. Too. Right. He, yeah, pretty much everything we tasted was, was single barrel. But overall, Buffalo Trace puts out a quality product, and there's a ton of variety in there. And I think that people need to take the time and effort to figure out what exactly they like rather than just tatering out over, oh, this is a Buffalo Trace product, so I have to pay four times the retail price. Yeah, because chances cases. are you, you may not like these uh, products as exactly. much as something else because taste is so subjective, right? Yep. So I actually, so it's funny because we, we were talking a lot about the Stag Jr. and the EHL single barrel, but I think the Rock Hill Farms is the one that I really was the most surprised about tonight that I really, really my favorite. Okay, it was it was really good, honestly. Yeah. Um, I But I'm... I'm standing by my E.H. Taylor single barrel fox. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody disagrees on that point. Mm. No, yeah. I still, I still think that was a very good bottle. Um, for me, I still think I like the Stag Junior best. I haven't tried a lot of Stag across the board ever. This batch fourteen might be where it's at for you. Um, We're probably at like twenty something at this point. Mm-hmm. I also really liked the Elmer T. Lee. What is the price point on Elmer, Elmer T. Lee, by the way? I mean, honestly, it's pretty similar, isn't it? Like sixty. It, it's like sixty bucks, but like you'll never find it. And Rockwell oh, Farms is probably like I understand. seventy. I just, yeah, it's that's like, still, that still matters though. Like the the price point still matters. Yeah, the, the retail is <laughs> is not that bad. But the manufacturer like, suggested retail so prices. You know, just suggestion. No, it, it is what it is. It. But it's I'm so just, tough, especially like each Taylor Rockwell Farms store that come out like once a year. I mean, think about yeah. like the the stores that are able to sell it near that price are like Total Wine, Benny's, mm-hmm. ABC down south. Like mm-hmm. n- no, and those stores like a lot. I mean, ABC is the worst of them in terms of like you have to be part of a points program. A vault is involved. That's crazy. Like the the chances of finding them at a liquor store. The thing is, I'd probably pay like one twenty for Rock Hill Farms if it tastes like that. The problem is you just don't know because it's single barrel, right? So yeah, very true. Very you know, an EH Taylor uh, or excuse me, uh, Elmer T Lee. I I mean, I'd go up to hundred. I just wouldn't go like way past that. You know, I really feel like these are really good, and that's also because inflation is happening right now too. Nine um, percent right now. I mean, geez, you know, I got to get a three per, uh, salary increases just to keep up with that. <laughs> so that's my point, though, is that like these, yeah, maybe pay a little above the MSRP, but because you're, it's hard to. I mean, if you think the big box stores aren't going to be able to sell on the MSRP, really. Yeah, no, I think everyone agrees. Like these, these are great if you can find them for a reasonable price, but don't like. Don't don't change don't your life. Don't kill yourself. Yeah, don't and change is, your life for this stuff. That it's, is kind of the theme of this episode too. Is like, yeah, you know, like, ca- listen, a cautionary tale. They make good stuff, but like, it's not the greatest thing you've ever had. So like, for instance, life. like we've tried a lot of stuff across this whole podcast. Sure, you yep. know, sure. And uh, I think that um, we've talked a lot about other things that are worth going out, like hunting around for, mm-hmm. or even like, for instance, not too long ago we tried Bardstown Bourbon Company and their uh, releases. And um, I think that that is like the Discovery series, mm-hmm. like something that you can like put your ear down and listen to what people are saying and like maybe find something that those sit on the shelves. Mm-hmm. A lot of like the Remus stuff used to sit on the shelves. Like, right, right. Because whatever store you're going to, like it's getting sold to like preferred customers or it's mm-hmm. like one of my favorite liquor stores, Northern Kentucky, Liquor City and Cork, they have a huge points program. These bottles, you got to spend like $1,000 just to be able to buy them. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it's just... You know, it's, I, I really do. I think that trying it out of bar is probably the best way to do it. And that's, yeah. all, mm-hmm. I'm going to cut myself off. I agree with you. I think, I think, I think we've, we've litigated enough. Yeah. Yep. John, um, yeah. counselor. Yeah. And, uh, uh, let's call the question. No. Uh, so Jenny, what was your favorite? 
The Stag Junior. Cuba. Uh, each Taylor single barrel. John. Rock Hill Farms. Mine was also the Each Taylor single barrel. Get that sticker out. Right, Thanks so much. Uh, that is our Buffalo Trace 201 episode. What's the what's the 301 going to Oh, look boy. Like? Get excited. I, I knew what you guys were thinking, by the way, that, like, where was Weller? We're going to do an entire episode on Weller in the yeah, future. Yeah, there's, there's enough versions of that to... No, we're going to do... No, it's in the works. We're doing an entire Weller episode. That's not oh, even yeah. 301, right? Like, that's yeah. its own thing. Yeah, 301, is, it's its that's own thing. David S. Pumpkins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exa- exactly right. Yeah. So, um, get excited for that and our many other episodes. And if you don't know what David S. Pumpkins is, like, just Google it. Do yourself and, a favor. Like, yeah, yeah, the skeletons are their own it's thing. Good, it's good. They're part of it. Yeah, they're part of it. They're part of it. Fantastic. And uh, we'll see you next time here at Shy Spirits, guys. Cheers. Cheers.